Welcome to the Future Church Podcast, powered by Exponential, a podcast about innovative and emerging ideas in the North American church. With the need for the gospel in our generation, we must not look for a silver bullet approach. We believe there are many expressions to the local church, and we are seeking to discover and highlight new and effective ways that churches can impact our world with the gospel. For more information about Exponential's resources and upcoming events, visit exponential.org. Hello, I'm Dave Ferguson, and I am uh, the president of Exponential. And today on the Future Church Initiative podcast, I'm talking with J.R. Rushik. And uh, J.R. and his wife, Kim, uh, have three sons. He's uh, the director of strategic alignment for the Church Development Network. He founded uh, the Storehouse Church, which he uh, just recently can transitioned off and handed it off to his associate. And that seems to be going well. And maybe we'll hear a little bit about that. But he's also a certified leader for Breakthrough and the Church Unique Coach and um, I think I can speak on his behalf. He would love to link arms uh, with people like you that are listening in. So um, one of the things we're really excited about is JR's put together and is leading now uh, the 1000 Church Initiative. And uh, as you listen in, you're, we're going to hear a lot more about that. Um, in fact, I'm very curious about picking his brain uh, on, on this particular topic. So uh, JR, thanks for, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks so much, Dave. It's uh, quite a privilege to be here with you and uh, take some time to share what God's doing among us. And I really appreciate all that Exponential has been doing to encourage uh, movements like this to really take root and uh, to multiply throughout our, our nation and around the world. Well, uh, you're familiar with the Exponential, so you can imagine that when we hear about someone wanting to do a thousand church initiative, it kind of gets the, just gives the whole organization an adrenaline rush. So I'll tell you, let's just jump right in on that topic. Um, explain that. What is the 1000 Church Initiative and why are you so excited about this? Yeah, so we, we really want to see a movement of church plants and churches uh, throughout the world, really. Um, we're focusing on the Eastern Seaboard right now. Um, and what we're doing is we're starting churches in creative spaces and places around the world and um and the, the idea of a thousand churches is more, yeah, it's a number, right? So someday I hope that we can add a zero and move the comma, you know, to make it 10,000 churches. But it, the idea is it's like, we just want to see a movement of church. A lot, many churches started uh, in, in all sorts of ways. And so one of the, the things that gets me most excited is the fruit is a church that's gathered, the body of Christ gathered together to glorify God. But what I love about the Thousand Churches Initiative, and, and maybe what we could say it this way, is that I love the idea of sending a thousand church planters, uh, seeing men and women step into the call God has for them and being deployed, rapidly deployed into the harvest field and following Jesus on his mission. And so really, the thousand churches, yeah, that's, a, that's our, our vision where we want to see that. But the meat and bones of this thing is, is mentoring men and women who sense a call from God and deploying them quickly to, to see new work start in every place that there's a need of a church. And there are many. So your focus is really kind of on the Eastern seaboard here in the United States. Um, well, let's define some of the terms you kind of quickly threw in there. Cause I know people listening, love church planning, love multiplication. So they want to get in some of the nuts and bolts and go, okay, how's he making this happen? What's the dream here? So when you talk about church planting, I mean, there's lots of different expressions of church. Is there a particular expression of church you're talking about or no, just any kind of church? 
<laughs> yeah, so so that is one of the things that's unique uh, to us. I, I I think is that we try very very hard to not put a qualifying word in front of the word church. Uh, by that I mean we don't declare that we're starting mega churches or micro churches or house churches or mini churches or Zoom churches. We just plant churches. And one reason for that is, and, and I get it, that that qualifying word does help identify the style of church or the, the form that they take. And so there's value in that. But one reason for that is we're trying to move the goalpost away from size as one of the big designations of how you describe your church and use other language around it. So for, for example, we have one church in Florida that's four people. It's four women that are meeting. That is a church. We just got a report of another church um, that's pr- made up of African refugees. This past weekend had over a thousand people in their gathering. We have everything in between. So, so we're, we're not, we're for the church. <laughs> we're for, and I, I think our community, our world needs big churches and we need small churches and we need every type of church in between. And so for that, we tried not to say, Hey, we're starting, you know, missional church or micro church. Now, now with that in mind, I think the majority of our churches follow the more organic, smaller start model. It, it, you know, if that helps the conversation at all, we, every, one of our big values is the resources are in the harvest. And so we send people out and the, the fruit and fruitfulness, the, the fruitfulness of their work will open the door for their next step. But we never put a limitation. So if there's someone that wants to start something, starts in a living room and grows to a community center and then to a rented space and a big building, we'll celebrate that just as much as the person who has four people meeting. Um, both are churches, and that's what we're about. Yeah, I love, I mean, personally, um, I love that. Uh, in fact, uh, I get a chance to lead New Thing, and I was on a call this morning with our global leaders for New Thing, and I I know we had leaders on there, had, you know, I mean, churches, you're right, that are maybe not as quite as small as four, but I mean, certainly in the teens or 20s, and then some that right. are well into the thousands. And well, I'll tell you what, let's take a little detour, because I want to ask and define another to find another term you use as well. But so do you guys have like a minimal ecclesiology? Cause, and I like the way you're saying no <laughs> churches, but do, have you kind of yeah, like yeah. Wrestled, with, wrestled with that? Like, what does it take to be a church? Yeah, that, I mean, so that's the million dollar question. And um, we do try to keep a very minimal ecclesiology. I mean, we use a church circle to help define the characteristics of the church. If you're familiar with the church circle, if not, you Google it on YouTube. There's a lot of groups that use it, which is just uh, takes out of Acts chapter two, about nine characteristics that you would find in the church. And so again, we're trying to think differently about how we describe it. So what's the difference between a small group and a church? Well, certainly some of the function that takes place in that meeting, but most, the biggest difference are I would say, is what's happening in the heart of the person leading it. So if I send someone out to start a Bible study, they might just facilitate a Bible study. And maybe there's 20 or 30 people that show up. But if I send someone that feels called to be a church planter, and they gather the same 20 or 30 people, there's something different happening there. So it matters what's going on in the heart of the person who's leading it. Um, 
So I don't know if that helps at all. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm not getting too specific because we try not to get too specific on that um, because it, it really has to do with the, the intent of that person that is called by God to say, hey, we're going to deploy into the harvest field. You're your church planner? Yeah, okay. And that group you gathered is a church. And then we begin to mentor them to add the elements that should be found in a, in the church. So worship, prayer, the word, sacraments, baptisms, conversions, tithing, things like that. But they come after what comes first is what's going on in the, the church planner's heart. And Which so in that way, that goes back your, to that. Yeah, that's where you're putting your energy in those people. It's, that's right. Yeah. And so for us, we, we celebrate, we have three milestones that we celebrate okay. uh, for our teams. So we hold, we can get into the structure that, of how we do it. So um, we, we function out of four environments with, and we teach five strategies. Okay. So I, we can get into that, but the, um, the milestones are milestone. One is that a church is conceived in heaven. So we believe life begins at conception. <laughs> so now we don't count those churches as churches here on earth, but we believe when there's a church planner that intends a, an encounter weekend, a lot of times they're coming, they're questioning their call. And at the end of that time, and they say, they say, I'm responding to God's call to plant a church. We note that as milestone one, we believe there's a church conceived in heaven. And all of a sudden, all heaven is rejoicing because with great faith, someone agreed with what Jesus wants to have happen down on this earth. That's milestone one. So we make a big deal about that. Milestone two is that that person now, all they have to do is take what is in heaven, already conceived in heaven, and give birth to it down on earth. So that's the gathered church. So in this way, milestone two, we want it to come. So in our program, the the idea is is that within three months of milestone one, we want you to gather that group. And as soon as that group is gathered, church is born. What was conceived in heaven is now birthed on earth. And we celebrate that big time. So does it have all the qualities, all the characteristics? No. You know, the process now is to, to work in all the, the, um, the different expressions of the church, you know, the, uh, all that needs to, to happen to really to become a full functioning church. But we don't wait for all that to be figured out. We celebrate it at the front end. I love that. Um, and love then the milestone. Metaphor. Okay. What's yeah. milestone three? Yeah. Then my, milestone three is that someone from within your ministry is responding to God's call and a new church is now conceived in heaven. So then that's the multiplication principle. I so you've that. led someone to, to respond to God's call. Yeah. So milestone number one is conception. Milestone two is birth. And then milestone three is reproduction. Correct. Yeah. And I, I, I've never, I don't think I've ever heard anybody explain it just exactly like that, where you talk about a church being birthed. Of course, it doesn't have, it's not full grown. It's not its fullest expression because it's a baby. It's just the same way that humans, I mean, humans are born and yeah, they don't speak and they do nothing but pretty much cry and poop. So it's not, a, it's not a mature <laughs> right. human yet. Right. Very, right. And okay. so, I mean, and you can, you can play that metaphor out to that milestone three is, and I, and I want to be respectful of people that struggle in this area. So don't, it's a, it's an idea. Um, but when does a family become mature when you're sending your children out, you know, and 
and and that's that's part of the maturing of your of, of your family too. Um, so there's a lot of this the family metaphor metaphor you can tie into it. That's Go awesome. Ahead. I love it. Okay, there was another term that you also used. So we kind of went down that rabbit trail of church planning, which that was terrific. Uh, but the other thing you talked about, you do it in creative spaces and creative places. Now, I felt like you used that term intentionally. Is that so? That's right. Yeah, that's one of the, the phrases we hold dear. Um, one, I think it just instantly communicates that we're not thinking of the traditional brick and mortar model. Um, of a church plant where you're, you're going to a, a space that is a theater or an auditorium or a sanctuary. Um, but we embrace the idea of churches meeting in creative spaces and places. So I can give you a couple of examples. Yeah, of please love examples. Yeah. That, that makes yeah. it come to life for us. Yeah. So um, we have this uh, church planter's name's Aaron. He's in Virginia. His kids are, uh, middle middle and high school age and loves skateboarding. So he built some skateboard ramps in his driveway and kids started showing up. All of a sudden he didn't know what to do with all these parents. So our team coached him to say, why don't you take that opportunity and turn that into a church? And so this skateboard ministry birthed a church in the driveway that moved to the garage when the weather got not so nice. And then a, um, a ministry down, a, a nonprofit down the street heard about him and gave them free space to meet in their food pantry, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that church had, has grown, has had the highest attendance it's ever had. Um, another cool thing about that story is the city saw what he was doing, and the local school offered skateboarding, and that is offering skateboarding as an elective a gym class, and the city donated a section of the city park, and they, they, they're building a public skate park as a ministry of this church. So where does that fit in your <laughs> like in a definition right. of church? Um, uh, so we have another, we, we have, we have some digital expressions of church. That's creative okay. space and place, uh, you know, zoom, zoom style um, church meeting on like on, on the beach of Virginia beach um, church. And then we have several that meet in living rooms and backyards and places like that. Um, and, but we're not opposed to a church meeting in church buildings. Uh, of course, that happens as well. Uh, so just anywhere you can gather God's people. <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah, we, we've kind of talked about, at least in the circles that I'm running in, it's kind of like where you live, work, or play. And uh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's Okay. I also know, though, you have a real focus on discipleship and disciple multiplying. I'd love to hear you Correct. talk about why that's such an important focus for you. Yeah. So obviously making disciples is what Jesus called us to do, Matthew 28. Um, and that has to be the heart of it. I mean, so every, uh, the churches that we plant, one of the teachings we have is we really want them to be upper room churches, right? So, and by upper room, we're talking about prayer focused, worship focused, the presence and power of God churches. And we want, we want every person that's a part of those churches to experience true, authentic discipleship. And I, and I think in a simple form. So what we teach really is um, the DBS discovery Bible study method. So we're not, okay. we're not inventing any um, new things here. We're really latching on to stuff that has worked and focus on, focus on just, you know, life on life, 
pouring into, you know, one into another. And, and, but the, the idea in that, even with the DBS method is that it's such a simple tool uh, to dive into God's word and to encourage one another. You don't need a curriculum. You don't need additional resources. And really that method of Bible study becomes the foundation for many of the church plants that we launch. So not only are you raising a disciple, you're teaching someone how that they could lead their own church, right? Integrated into the discipling process. So the, the discovery Bible study, that's, that's kind of one of your go-to tools, almost regardless of what style or methodology they're using for church planning. That's one of your, I mean, they, it sounds like they have the option that's, to use other things, but that's kind of your go-to like, Hey, you really ought to think about using this. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's really a foundational element that we teach. And so if people aren't familiar with DBS, they could, you know, Google it, but it just asks four simple questions. You read the passage, you read the passage, you read it in a couple of translations, you summarize the, pa- the passage, and then you ask the question, what does it say about God? And what does it say about people? Um, and then you ask, so you spend some time there just looking at the passage in that, that light. And then you say, what, what should, in response to this, what should we start doing and what should we stop doing? And it's a robust way to really to dive into God's word. Yeah. And I mean, for, for listeners who maybe if you're not familiar with it, I mean, it's something that's being used in a prolific way. I mean, not just in the United States, but around the world. And it would be right. worth your time to spend some time. In. What, what other resources do you offer uh, churches that want to be a part of the 1000 Church Initiative? Well, one, just back on the Discovery Bible study, we offer free trainings on that. There's Zoom-based trainings, and they're on our website. You can sign up for that, and it's a three-part training on how to do it. It's very simple. We're offered in English, Portuguese, and Spanish, and we have some trainings coming up next couple of weeks. But uh, in regard to the, the church resourcing, um, our resourcing is all on the job training, just-in-time training, um, through mentorship, through a mentorship model. So we function out of four environments. Um, we, we, it, the first one's Jumpstart. The second is Encounter. And we have Launchpad and Send Summit. Those are the four environments that we function out of. Do we have, do um, we have time to unpack those a little bit? Yeah, if you, well, we could try. I can move through them pretty quick. You just yeah, I'd love to. A, I would, personally, I'd, and I think our listeners, I'd love to. Yeah, here, just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, so these four environments, what we do is we'll, we work with um, any denomination or any group or person that has a call to, to plant churches. And we invite them into our network, and then we provide a pathway. So, so if there's someone from another denomination, we provide a pathway for them to become part of that denomination. So we're starting churches, but we're not holding them. Um, now, we, we maintain a relational connection. So, so that's really where things begin is we start, we begin asking, is there someone that has a call to see a movement of churches started either through their church or through, if they're a regional leader, like a superintendent through their region. And uh, we take some time to meet with them. Um, and the first step in that is we call them the host of, of, of the region or the host of, the, of what's going to happen with thousand churches. And we, we teach them this tool called Jumpstart. So all Jumpstart is, is vision casting. And it's a jumpstart into the idea of church multiplication and vision casting. We, there's like five different ways that we do it, but we do a teaching through the book of Acts and help them cast that vision for church planting. Uh, we can do a real short JUMP version of Jumpstart that just 
you can sit with someone over coffee and say, has God called you to church planning? So we equip the person, the host that has the call to, to become a, a center of multiplication with the vision casting tool. And their, require, their responsibility then is to get people that, that have said yes to the call of God, that are pursuing this call to be church planners, to come to what we call an encounter weekend. So an encounter weekend is three days. We focus on God's call. We focus on prayer. And then we give strategic and systematic tools to go from conception to gathered over the next few months. And um, it's at that event where we see milestone one reached where we see churches conceived in heaven, right? Um, and then after that weekend, we have a community of practice that's a mentorship group that's tied to en Encounter. It's every other Tuesday. It's a Zoom call, and we have church planners from all over jumping on board, and it's just a way to, to encourage one another. Um, so one of our values is no more orphan churches. And so we're, we're very – we have a high priority on um, relationship. So every, so we have that, the Zoom call connection, the host becomes a boots on the ground um, catalyst or trainer, mentor to those that are, that are engaged. Um, and then once a month, we have a prayer gathering called Launchpad. Launchpad is just a night of prayer. That's all it is. It's, it's the most important night of, of our work. That's the third environment. And, all, and what we do um, is we just gather together for upper room prayer and pray for the power of God to move in our midst. And um, everyone that's on that front line of ministry is invited to be a part of Launchpad and we pray for each other and encourage each other and just, you know, uh, just really seek the heart of God together. Then the fourth environment is an annual gathering called Scent Summit, and that's going to happen in May. But that's a time to celebrate big wins from across the network. So those are the, those are the four environments that we function out of and so if someone wanted to be a part of the the, the thousand church initiative they would get to experience all four of those things really on a and then on a consistent basis because it sounds like the whole thing's very, very relational it's very really yeah and so as a host the idea is, is that um the mentorship takes seven months the the zoom the zoom portion you'd have an encounter weekend do the mentorship partway through that churches would have gathered and then those that are getting to M3 comes back six months later to the next encounter weekend. And it, it just, you know, it multiplies upon itself. Now, um, you know, we're building this plane as we're flying it. And so we've had many, <laughs> many encounter weekends and uh, churches are, are being started. The mentorship is happening. Um, our next big challenge is to, to, to focus on equipping the host to become more than just a host for our team to come in, but to become a localized trainer, church planner catalyst is what we're calling them to do their own encounters. And, and the more we can give away the, the better. And that's what we're, we're about. So, cause our big goal is kingdom expansion, not, not necessarily our network growth. We want to just equip, train, deploy and bless the kingdom of God. And we want to see churches everywhere, creative spaces and places. We want to see churches of all sizes everywhere for all people. Uh, and so that's what we're after. Yeah, I think it sounds like in the language of exponential, you guys are trying to be hero makers. That's what you're doing right there. Amen. Yeah. Hey, and I got to say, um, I've, I've 
gone to Exponential. So I was a church planner for Storehouse Church, and I was at Exponential in the early days, and it impacted my life. Um, in fact, at a several years ago, at one of the more recent ones, uh, it was during the response time that God really began to plant that seed of me taking this next step. So I planted right. churches. Now I'm now I'm planting churches that plant churches. You know, <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, thank you for thank you for that. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a fruit of the ministry of exponential uh, in many ways. It's it's I mean, we've been doing this for I don't know what 13, 14 years now. And so it is fun to get to talk to people who are like, yeah, like even that moment, that moment when they come forward, that was kind of a defining moment for them. And I did I uh and I mean I mean candidly, you know, uh JR, I did I didn't know that about your story. So that's that's pretty cool. That's yeah. that's encouraging, encouraging to hear. Um, I'll tell you what, let's, let's kind of start to wrap it up here, but I want to, there's a couple of things I want I would love to hear. Um, the dream is a thousand and I can tell, I mean, you're, you kind of sound like me. You're kind of a numbers guy, but you also love the stories. And I, I kind of yeah, like both those well, things. Yeah, so yeah. You, how, how far along are we on this journey to a thousand? Are we, have, have we got to a half dozen or we got to a dozen? I mean, where are we on that? And is there a time frame on that? Because um, I, I love the I love the environments from the you know that you're offering church planters. Yeah. Um, so let me tell you about our team. One unique thing is sure. our our team. Um, a colleague of mine, Pastor Chris Police, is um, he's a key part of the the Thousand Churches team. And then a second one is Theo Borakei. And um, what Theo's done is he was a leader in a church planting movement throughout Africa. In fact, he was okay. a lead person that planted um, about 75,000 churches in over 32 countries throughout hmm. Africa. Where was he located now? And he came, he lived in South Africa, okay. um, in Johannesburg, Okay, uh, but then traveled extensively. Um, so one of the things that we've done, so, uh, he that Chris and Theo were on the team. They actually started just before COVID hit, and I joined the team in January of last year. Well, this past year, 2021. And one of the things we've worked on with this is to translate the the explosive exponential growth of churches throughout Africa into a context. That works in the United States. So we try to retain the things that work and and bring things that fit better for our culture, like you know, four environments, five strategies, that kind of yep. thing. Um, um, so so prior to when the, but the year prior, Chris and Theo, because they were locked down with COVID, led um, trainings on Discovery Bible study over Zoom for a year. And we can easily we can easily count over 700 DBS groups that started over that wow. year. Wow! Um, but they didn't. We didn't. They didn't really define them as churches as much. They're just more groups that started groups, and it was, it was an amazing thing. In fact, I think you know there's a lot of hurt from COVID, but there's some places where God really blessed some things too, and that's one of them. In January, I came on the team, and we began to lay out this strategy. And we already had about um, about seventy churches that had associated with us in one way or another. We kind of we call those adopted churches. 
and and some of those were um, m- many of them actually are non-Anglo churches. We have African refugee churches, we have Hispanic churches, Portuguese that are looking for a, a family, and so those are connected in. But since that time, in the last, I would say, in the last nine months, we've we've started about fifty or or so, about fifty, forty to. 70. Really, it's hard to quite pinpoint yeah. it sometimes, you know, um, but about 50 new churches wow, have started in creative awesome. spaces. Yeah. Um, and just on the call last last night or Tuesday night, um, from the previous encounter, we have about six more churches that are planning their, their gathering to kick off after, after the summer in September. Um, you know, one of those, this woman, her name's Rose, she's a bus driver. And uh, she she identified 10 non-Christian friends and uh, she's launching a church with her and her 10 non-Christian friends. And uh, that's uh, awesome. up in Boston area. And, uh, you know, every day we're getting stories. Hey, uh, Dave, it's like the book of Acts in front of us, man. I'm telling you, we're seeing like God move uh, in powerful ways and we can't quite squish it into a nice Western culture box, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, but it, but it it's some are some are forming more what we would think of when you think of a church congregation, but um, but we're just seeing God move uh, in in many ways and in different creative spaces and places. Let let me go off script a little here. You know, um, my my hunch is, and tell me what your thoughts are on this because you've had more experience in this than me. My hunch is that things have permanently shifted in the West. I think post COVID in in this regard, I think there is an increased interest in spirituality, an increased desire for something transcendent, not necessarily the church. Cause I, I do think, unfortunately, I think the church, even during the pandemic kind of shot itself in the foot on a number of occasions. Um, but I, that hasn't stopped people from yearning for, um, what they might describe as a higher power or something transcendent or some, I mean, if you talk to the folks at Google, they'll tell you that there's a, it, there was a spike in the number of searches for God and spirituality and even church and those wow. kinds of things. Coupled with that, I think with the pandemic, I think people, a lot of people kept closer to home. Some, you know, sometimes we had to, yeah. um, and we, some of, and some of us um, did it out of precaution and then I think what has happened, I think some of us continue to do it out of precaution, but some of us are now doing that in small, like in smaller gatherings out of preference. We discovered something in those that year that we're going like, you know what? I kind of like being closer to my neighbors. I kind of like hanging out with just a few people. I like this closer knit kind of community. My, my hunch is, and I've been kind of bouncing this off a few people, is with those two shifts, an increase in spiritual interest and an increased desire for closer community and tighter and smaller units – that perhaps for the first time in our lifetime, that the, that the Western context is really more open to what we've seen in places like Africa and India and Asia, other parts of Asia, where the church is really rapidly growing in these smaller expressions of church. Would, would you validate that or would you push back on that or would you reflect? I don't know. I just hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. I, so I, I agree. Um, I do believe we're at this kind of tipping point we're seeing a crest of a wave come where in previous years there's been a lot of people talking about missional communities and different you know smaller expressions of the church micro church mini church all those things but all of a sudden the pandemic 
has shifted this this idea. So there there will always be, I think, a need for and a rightful place for a, a larger gathered established church building. Uh, and I, I think it's a beautiful thing. And I, I think our communities need those. Uh, and they reach a different segment. But I think there is an increase, an exponential increase in people that are saying, you know, I need something closer, simpler, more authentic, you know, all, all those things. Um, and we're seeing we're seeing that happen. There is a hunger for it. Uh, in fact, I was just talking with a church planner named Allison. Her and her husband have planted a church just outside of Baltimore. And we were talking about COVID. We are talking about the Delta variant kicking back up. And, oh, man, you know, it's not looking like we're turning the right direction here. And uh, I said, well, how about your church? How's, how did COVID impact it? And she said, you know, we didn't have to stop. We didn't stop meeting at all. They're a living room <laughs> backyard church. Yeah. And uh, it's just, you know, it's our neighbors and we, and we get together and it's been a real rich time. I mean, so we had to do some creative stuff. We bought some about patio space heaters to figure it out um, during some colder times. But like they're stronger than ever. Yeah. And here, you know, here are other places. I think what is attendance down 40 percent or so. And, and so I, I will say we're one of the other values that we rally around is we do believe strongly in the gathering of the church. So we quickly push our church planners to gather quickly. There is something about gathering together that is just holy and divine and right. So size of gathering doesn't matter so much, but the gathering of God's people does matter. And and I would say there's, there's a hunger for that. And anyone who's nervous about crowds, some of those fears are dissipated when it's people you know. And you can yep. still gather and, and yeah. That's super helpful. And um, I'll tell you what, I'm, I am, I'm, I'm leaving this conversation and I hope our listeners are as well. Super encouraged by what you're up to. Um, yeah. I think a thousand churches is well within sight and it sounds like God's favors on what you're doing. Um, if, if people are listening in and they're going like, Hey, I would love to get a hold of Jr. What's the, what's the, and I would love to hear more about the, um, excuse me, the 1000 church initiative. Cause I, one of the things I just want to kind of reemphasize for our listeners too, um, you can be in a denomination and be getting all the support, all the stuff that the denomination offers you, but a thousand church initiative will come alongside you almost like a lateral process in that. And will also help you coach you in maybe in a form of church that your denomination is not really as familiar with. Um, but Correct. wants to give you permission yes. to do so. Uh, so, Jr. If, if people want to get a hold of you, how can they get a hold of you? How can they find out more information about what you're up to? Yeah, I would love to. Yeah. So, the first place to go is churchdevelopment.network. That's our website, churchdevelopment.network. Um, yeah, and Dave, you, you said it. Um, that that's that's one of our strategies. Is that as we come alongside, we run parallel with the denomination and create a sandbox uh, for for some play, <laughs> you know, some, yeah. some implementation of new ideas. So in that way, we're like, we're more like SpaceX than NASA, you know, like uh, NASA waits for years and years and finally shoots a rocket off. We're like, Hey, let's try it. Let's go. You know? And if you want that kind of environment, uh, you know, tied to specific strategies, environments and all that, but a place where you say, you know what, I'm not sure if this person would quite be ready for the, 
the assessments that our denomination has and for all the requirements, the credentialing and all that, and you want to just give them a chance to try, we, we can get them deployed. And, uh, and that way we're a, we're a ready, go set type place, you know, ready, here God's awesome. call, go start something. And then we'll help you set, we'll, you know, we'll figure out the details later and, and I'll work That's with you on that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm on, I'm on all the socials at J.R. Rushik, J-R-R-U-S-H-I-K. So slash J.R. Rushik on Facebook, at J.R. Rushik on Twitter and Instagram, same. So now you can find me that way as well. All right. So those are all the places you can find J.R. and you can learn more about the 1000 Churches Initiative. Uh, thanks so much, J.R., for joining us uh, for the Future Church Initiative podcast. Really grateful for what you're doing. Hey, I appreciate the time. Thanks so much.